Welcome to another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. These weeks just keep ticking on by, and I look forward to them more and more every week. Thanks for joining us, of course, but it's not just me. Like I said, it's us. So let me introduce to you the Spacely Sprockets to my Cogswell Cogs, Mr. Jay Bartlett. There's usually a couple of people waiting. There's nobody waiting this week. They, they always have something colorful to say. It's just you three times. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, those are for all the different accounts that get posted. There were six people here, and as soon as I came on camera, they left. So it's just you and I uh, hanging out. Well, if people want to see what happens well, when we're when we're left alone to our devices with our dolly cameras, then then they can check it out. There's Nelson. How do you, how's it going? Don't make us feel alone. Make us feel like we got somebody who gives a damn. How's it going? <laughs> How are you doing this week? I, oh. <laughs> I got well, you. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's been a week. Uh, real life has happened, and um, I think I've chose to do a weekly vlog in the toy world where I kind of share what I'm going through. And I think after all these years, I'm finally going to do my first vlog on my big steps I've taken this week and why I did it. So, um, Another what big is a announcement, vlog? but tell, tell me what the vlog is because that's pretty big news. We didn't even tease that big news. Yeah. We're we're really good at at the teases. The hey guys, next week, big news. Like you just came right, you opened that goddamn tuna can and let it all out. What happened? There's a hurricane of toy news, brother. Uh, yeah, I just think you know, um, it's not an original idea. Uh, what's up, Lisa, from far far away? Um, I think uh, I, I just I have a lot to say and I, I don't want it to be scripted or edited. You know, I usually, you know, finally I, polish everything for YouTube. I hate when people edit things. That's the worst. Like when you're following yeah. with the camera and it gets cut down and tailored towards their vision and you speak the words yeah. that they want to hear. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah, I just got a lot to get off my chest from my world, and we'll see if people find it interesting or not. So, yeah. Who cares if they find it interesting? Who cares if they find it interesting? If you find it helpful, therapeutic, um, you find the you get the energy, the release from it. I think that's why so many of us do what we do uh, within the world of toys. As you know, I've been interviewing people for Action Figure Adventure Season 2, and one of the things we talk about is beyond figures. The, the community at large and how so many of us are creators, whether we do podcasts and live streams or vlogs yeah. or we you know go to conventions. There's so many of these ancillary things that we take our passion, we turn it inside and we shoot it back out. And that's an important thing. And we do that because we love the churn and the burn, the, the taking it in and the sending it out there. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, let's hope you're right. Uh, and if not, it'll be a fun experience. Um, I'm all about trying new things this past month or so. So that's kind of the theme of what's going on here. Um, which cool. is why I got my buddy, my buddy uh, Silver Surfer, hanging out with me today because uh, we're both trying new things, but we'll get to that later on. Well, um, I mean, sign me up. That's interesting. I can't wait to see what you're going to try. And now that I know you're in a place where you want to try anything new, I'm going to rush a bunch of new contracts over to your place. Okay. We'll do a new series called Toy Challenges with Jay Bartlett to see every week if he can handle a new toy challenge that gets him out of his toy comfort zone. What do you think? There's the pitch. Let's let's do it. Yeah. I mean, um, I did something. Jeez, what was it? The, the beginning of summer this year, where actually I was at uh, our buddy Craig's at Dark Matter, and I found um, a ton of Gem and the Hologram dolls, and they are dolls. There's no other way to put it. I never thought I would be buying Barbie-like dolls uh, for my collection, but I did because I, I love that cartoon, and I've rarely seen the Gem dolls, and I saw like five or six of them, and I grabbed them, and they're so friggin' cool. They got their own display case upstairs. So there's something that's out of my comfort zone. There you go. That's a that's a cool out of comfort zone uh, collecting spree that you went on. But, you know, yeah. I got to be honest with you, dude. You you collect, you know, you infamously say, and so many of us do, but you, you are the true wearer of said clothes in that you do collect kind of like everything, or at least yearn to collect everything and acquire the knowledge of everything. So if you don't have the figure, at least you've got the knowledge for the thing. So like vintage GI Joe, for example, I know you don't have a lot in your collection, but you know the stuff. And when you saw it, 
you'd probably grab it if it made sense to get. So Gem and the Holograms doesn't really surprise me, but it's a cool detour from the from the staples, the Star Wars, the Masters, the Transformers, the yada yadas, and the big bam hooey shooey canoeies that we're all yeah. getting over and over again. Well put, yeah. And again, <clears throat> like I stated, you don't see them too often. And if you do, they're usually in ratty shape. So these ones were really decent. So I picked them up. So that's exciting. Uh, what's uh, going on in your world this week besides your leaky sink that I heard about? Yes, leaky sink. I wish that was a, a euphemism, but it's it's actually link, leaky sink. But before I get to me, I, I'm I'm going to put an open invitation to to you, my friend. If you want to do a little bit of a, a randling on, as Kevin Smith might call it, on this show, we will set aside a segment every week to share some of your personal thoughts and maybe they can tie to your, your vlog entries so people can, you can you kind of drop the seed and then they can go check out what's going on, what you're thinking about. I think it would be pretty cool to incorporate some of that stuff, a nice little uh, tethering system, if you will. So you can kind of tease some love, share some yeah. thoughts, and then they can get the whole picture over on uh, Jay Bartlett, the exercise, I mean, Jay Bartlett, the chef, no, Jay Bartlett, the toy collector. Jay Bartlett, the Shatner. I thought that's what we were going to say. <laughs> Jay Bartlett, the <laughs> No. <laughs> that's a channel I should start. Jay Bartlett, the Shatner. Ron McCombs, yeah, I, Shatner. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you kind of share some, some deep thoughts. I think that would be cool. Well, yeah, there's, there's, you know, social media and decides that we want people to see. And I think I want to share, you know, there's this whole other side of me and what I do that I don't share because quite frankly, it's, uh, it hasn't been a lot of fun. You know, the, the, the Joe job, you know, you know, many of us rarely talk about that. So I think I want to talk about that and kind of discuss why I changed my world and flipped everything upside down this year so yeah look forward to that and uh, that'll be coming this week love it i love it uh as far as my past week i can't even tell you what has happened to be completely <clears throat> honest i know i have done a lot of editing of material that was shot in michigan from some people that we interviewed there mainly just interviews organizing that seeing what we need and much like the jane rob toy show that again played today on jinx the thing I always dread when going through these interviews, Jay, and people that watch tonight's show will understand because it was about Holy Grails, is where am I going to find the figures for the cutaways of all the dollies that people discuss? That is like, oh, well, somebody yeah. mentions this. Well, I got to get that. Well, somebody mentions this. Well, I got to get that. And tonight's episode that played at 7.30 about an hour ago was on Holy Grails. And it was a fun topic to discuss between you and I. And, of course, I interview everybody in season two for AFA about the same topic, but I remember thinking, should we do this topic for the very sake of we can't afford most of the cutaways that we plan on discussing because they're impossible to acquire because they're Holy Grails. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if I may, you may, I, I came through pretty good on that one. I think there's a few that I think people will be surprised that are we talking about the Jay and Rob Toy Show or Action Figure Adventure, maybe the ones. Well, that, Jay and Rob Toy Show with all the Holy Grails, they, they were they were pretty much we had to get images of almost everything. Um, when it came right. to the spotlight stuff, I mentioned a Holy Grail that you were able to actually acquire, and I was able to use that imagery in place of uh, sourced images. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We try, we try, and do our best to take our own photos and shoot our own stuff. But again, man. We only have so much time and so much money, and uh, but it's definitely nice when we can uh, photograph a Holy Grail piece and say, you know, this is my blank. Yeah. Literally the blank. Yeah, literally the blank. Cactus Jamie says, awesome episode. I appreciate all the cutaway photos of toys. I'll never be able to own, which is exactly uh, how I feel most of the time when we throw them never in Never say there. never. It's uh, some of this stuff, though, right? Time, money, space, all the collecting rules that we go by, but... Some of them you have to pull the trigger because they're just that damn good. But then some of them you're like, oh, do I really want to spend 200 bucks on this? Well, I need it for the show, so I should probably do it. Twist the arm. Some of them I haven't seen since I was a kid, since I, I owned them. And uh, honestly, yeah, we've been to many, many toy stores. We've traveled thousands of miles back and forth. And some of them we've never seen at all. 
Yeah. So I'm still surprised whole, by the lack of things that we have seen yet continually discuss. Yeah, I mean there's there's some pieces that are obscure and rare and then there's just some pieces that just take your breath away when you see it, and you're just like Oof. and uh I I'm I'm very grateful that I have a few of those in my collection as I'm sure you do as well. But uh again, we've kind of come to this point in our collecting career where it's like it's nice to step back and just kind of look at look at what you have and, and admire that. And not yeah, and, and I'm I'm getting ready to sparse down to my friend over here by the Sentinel box, just above my thumb. You can see some Marvel Legends figure. Those are the retro backs. They're they're laying flat, but you know what I mean. They're the gray back Marvel Legends repackages of like Wasp and a lot of the Avengers characters. And those are gonna find a new home soon because I just don't love them enough to keep them. You know, so I'm yeah. starting to build piles and boxes of stuff that I just don't need. Uh, in the collection anymore. I'd rather condense and get the stuff that truly matters, uh, which sort of brings us to to the icebreaker uh, brought, of course, by our sponsoring partners, Heroes Comics, Big Bad Toy Stores, Mock Masters, and Retro Rags, all of which help make this podcast stay free, help support Jane Rob Toy Show, and, of course, Action Figure Adventure. Jay, has there been a toy that you asked for for Christmas and that you didn't get? The place set directly behind me, that uh, aircraft carrier right there. Yeah, the you know that surprises me. It surprises me. <clears throat> Mom was incredible, and she is responsible for all this stuff. Meaning that she she really did buy me the world, and that's why I'm into so much, and it means so much to me. But the flag was one that uh, I did not get. I asked for it. Um, I just remembered images of going into Toys R Us and it being up very high. And it was just like, there's no way that this box was even going to fit in the car. And then, you know, you can only imagine what's going through a parent's mind. Okay, if the box can't fit in the car, how the heck is this thing going to fit in the house in a child's bedroom? And I mean, the flag would fit in my childhood bedroom, but I mean, there would be my bed and then the flag and then that's it, right? So it's not very practical, which is, again why it's so sought after now it's one of those pieces that adults like us with disposable income want to get because you know we were denied so hard as kids for that piece it's it still shocks me that your mom didn't find a way to make that happen even if it was put like in the sub basement of your place you know where a lot of your toys went to kind of chill out yeah i'm surprised <sighs> that wasn't turned into more of a toy room or something or a playroom because your mom was awesome and you yes, really got yeah. so many cool things and she just believed on, you know, yeah. letting you love what you loved without question. So I didn't know the answer to that question. So I'm glad I got the answer now. Uh, the closest thing I got for a, a Christmas toy that I asked for and I didn't get was a Super Nintendo. And that's <laughs> a big one. That's a big one. It's a big one, and yeah. <laughs> I kind of want it because my brother got one. So my grandma had this rule, you know, I'll buy you one gaming system, and that's it. So I got an NES, which is cool, a few years earlier, and then my brother wanted a Super Nintendo. Well, of course, it's uh, Robbie got a Nintendo. Christopher will get a Nintendo, of course, but that was the new Nintendo that was out, and it sat in my kitchen for, like, weeks before we oh. sent it off there. So I saw it, like, every oh. day for, like, three weeks. And there was part of me in the back of my mind that I thought, maybe, maybe she'll hear my whining and I'll get it underneath the tree. It didn't happen. And, yeah. you know, I never grew up as a Super Nintendo kid. I played a little bit at your place, but, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. play Super Mario World until, until like the Wii U era because I just never had access to one to be honest. Yeah, that's a tough one. The The era we grew up in, which was the uh, the 16-bit wars, I mean, that was, you didn't want to be behind there uh, for, you know, I'm sure most people in chat are our age, so, you know, brief history lesson. Uh, like, according to our demographics, everyone in chat is between 35 and 44. 92% yeah. are men Yeah, as well. so <laughs> if you had an NES and the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis were out, uh, if you still had the NES, you were a dinosaur because back then video games weren't really um, historical artifacts. They weren't something, they weren't like old movies or old books where it's like, oh, you know, 
I'm going to save the 2600 and play combat, you know, whenever I feel like it, you know, like an old movie you would have. It was just dis- discarded. You wanted to get rid of the old game system and get the newest with the better graphics. And no one really wanted to play the old one. Of course, now we all hang on to that stuff and appreciate that each era had amazing games and they're worth playing. But back then, yeah, man, if you were left behind, especially a generation. So I can understand Super Nintendo and Genesis, you're only getting one because most people only had one or the other. But to be left behind on a generation, yeah, that's... Well, I wasn't left behind on the generation because the next year, my birthday, which is in November, falls before Mm. Christmas, my birthday after that lack of Super Nintendo Christmas, I got a Genesis for my birthday from my dad. So I was in the 16-bit era. It was Genesis 2. I uh, wasn't the original release, so it was it was something, and at least I had something to play, which is why I've always grown up more of a, a Sega fanboy. I always wanted the Saturn, didn't have one until you know five six years ago, and then sold it because I didn't have time to play it. And of course, good luck playing you know disc games nowadays. You play for like three hours, and then oh, there's a scratch, and you can't finish like Panzer Dragoon Saga or you know pick your RPG <laughs> that came out by Working Designs, just. Well, hard, hard to do nowadays. Yeah. And to play, I mean, I have the, uh, geez, I have some rare stuff like this Philips CDI with those Zelda games. And once every couple of years, I like to fire up the Wanda Gamble on because it's, it's so terrible that oh, you it's just awesome. have to experience it. <laughs> um, but I'm afraid like, you know, when I put it on, I'm like, is this the last time the CDI is going to boot up? Is this the, like, yep. is it going to spin the disc? Is it going to spit the disc out? Luckily, I've been okay, but I've I've gone through three 3DOs in the last 15 years. So, yeah, anytime I uh, boot up an old game system, I'm really terrified of that. So I read you. But I still yeah. hate digital. Ugh. Yeah, but at least it's reliable, right? At least you know you can play it until the servers go down and you have no longer access to that cloud-based library. We don't know anything about that. Rock Band. Rock Band. The fine print, which none of us read, was these were all uh, songs that you were just temporary licensing, and uh, I didn't read that. Yeah, thousands of dollars. That's what I mean, the Rock Band songs. Yeah, exactly. 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 let's stick on the Christmas kick for, for a second. We're hopefully we're going to be talking about playtime stuff soon, but I, I was curious, do you remember the first Christmas that you didn't ask for toys and what that was like? Oh boy. Um, yeah, well it was transitioning into video games and I remember the transition, you know, I, I got dragged kicking and screaming. I didn't want to leave toys and go into video games, but uh one of my best friends, Darren, and I, we hung out almost every weekend, and that was kind of just what it became. You you, you took uh, the toys from playing with them in your hands, you know, Silver Surfer to now Silver Surfer, the comic book, and the NES game, right? So it, was, it kind of transitioned into that. So I would say around the time I got my NES, probably grade 8, which is late, I know, but uh, then it was all about video games. And because video games were so expensive... We weren't quite old enough to work yet. So you would get one for your birthday, one for Christmas, and one another time, maybe if you were lucky. Yeah. I I remember it basically going from toys to CDs and movies almost instantly. So instead of getting action figures, I would get CDs from whatever I wanted. And I distinctly remember like writing out lists of, you know, albums that I wanted that were out that I either didn't have or that's funny uh, or just come out. So it just jumped like that quickly. I got a funny story for you. Um, We're both huge, huge fans of music. Uh, And uh, I believe the one and only album my mom got me was Appetite for Destruction. I remember I didn't even know how to say Appetite. And I remember she got it and she was horrified by, you know, track two. It's so easy with the swear word and all that. And uh, as much as I love music, I remember from then on, I sourced my own music because that was just such a horrific experience. Sending her into Sunrise to get Appetite for Destruction when I was like grade seven, you know, like, you know, just this little, I was a, such a preppy kid, right? Before I became like the rocket guy. Oh, there's and some beautiful pictures of, of, some, of your preppiness in both Nintendo Quest and season one. Yeah, it was <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> before i discovered rock and kiss and gnr and all that stuff and uh after that yeah i never asked for cds or anything like that from a birthday that i'm like i'm gonna get this stuff on my own mom can take care of the video games and uh you know stuff like that 
that's funny that's funny yeah it was it was a direct transition it was never a weird thing for me funny enough you mentioned appetite for destruction i distinctly remember you showing me that album and distinctly remember it's so easy and that really being the first time i heard like cursing like that and it like blew my mind i was like whoa and then i also simultaneously remember getting my own copy of appetite for destruction on cd which was my very first cd i got and sitting my grandma down to show her and of course i i show her not so much welcome to the jungle but show paradise city the beginning and then i skip it after it gets into the heavy part yeah all the mind turned like oh listen to the the cool stuff that i'm listening to can you get into it and it wasn't sold it didn't sell on appetite for destruction it, it never worked and you know i grew up with the uh, the radio on 24 7 in my house which is why i, I love almost <laughs> everything right yeah from no not that song <laughs> but uh no i lost my train of thought <laughs> radio was on 24 7 in jay's house and all he get... heard was rock and robin yeah that, what an awful song I remember trying to get my parents into anything and all I remember um, my father saying to me was that's just noise. It's just noise. And I, I said, you know what, when I grow up, if I ever have kids, I'm, I'm going to listen to what they listen to. And I don't have kids, but I, I'm almost, it's almost like a godsend because it's like that, the, the garbage that passes for modern music today for the most part. And it's funny. Like I, I swore to myself, I would never say that. And now I'm saying it. It's just like stuff that's out there now, man. I, I don't, I don't get it. Kids today. Like what are you need, listening to? You don't even need to know how to play an instrument. And, and, and even if you can't sing, it corrects it for you. So you sound like you can sing. I'm like, yeah. You had to learn that skill. Like that was part of being a musician. You know? Yeah. Well, on the way you record too, right? Right to tape. So you had to play the whole thing out over and over again, not just cut it together and tune it with software. And lots, lot has changed for, for um, ham sandwich. That's an interesting thing you have to say there about Axel. Um, the, the first time I saw him was a sweet child of mine video. And I heard that that sonic, noise it's beautiful noise come out of his his mouth and uh i thought it was a girl i thought axel was a woman for the longest time uh, just like some punk rock woman and i found out later it was a guy and i was like how could a guy make that noise uh yeah he whines and screams but there ain't nobody like him he's one of a yeah. kind that's for sure and for everybody that's listening on the podcast side and you can't see the comment I put on screen, uh, Ham Sandwiches, yeah. GNR are the only band where the lead singer can whine the whole time and people don't mind. So just in reference to Jay's comments there, let's take a second and say hi to everybody that's finally emerged into chat to join us this evening. Of course, we've got JLS Comics. Nelson says hi. We've also given a shout out to Lisa, of, of course. Uh, Nathan, the tater, the toy guy is here. Retro University, of course. Scott Wad, yeah. as we mentioned, Cactus Jamie, Daniel, Country Boy, Nine, John. What's up, John? Missing Bradley Gray. Thanks for joining us. Is awesome. that it? That's everybody so far. If you obviously pop in or you're watching, throw us a comment. We'd like to say hi to you. And of course, hi to all our Patreon backers that helped make all this super awesome and continued, much like our sponsors i wanted to talk about playtime today jay because we end every episode with you know playtime is the best time i truly believe that i see it in my kids i see it in us when we're playing there is no better time so the big question the mother of all questions jay what is your playtime recipe for success and you can take that any which way you want if you were to build a recipe for playtime and that it was going to be like the best playtime ever. What would that be? What ingredients would you pull together? Well, if we had to go back in the day, because that's uh, you can you say back in the it. day, you can say right now, and how you define playtime. It's it's whatever you want. Um, I was like, you know, we've talked about uh, a game called Mix Up that we used to play. Mix Up simply meant you mixed up all the. The different characters from all the different IPs, Star Wars, Transformers, GI Joe, He Man. It didn't matter. They were all in this same universe. You know, you could travel to their planets or whatnot, but you, you use them all together because, again, we liked so much. We didn't just want to play Star Wars. We didn't just want to play He Man. We wanted to 
to have Luke Skywalker. We want to have Prince Adam. We want to have all that stuff. So um, generally, it would have to be a sleepover. Uh, we would need a basement setting. It would have to be a sleepover. So time is not a factor. A sleepover is a must because these playtimes, because we like to act like the characters when we play, are very tiring. So wouldn't want, we wouldn't want to have to drive afterwards, much like a party. So we want to hang out and crash. And uh, there would be no time limit. And I'd say, you know, we'd pick our top three favorite characters we each wanted to be. And then from the rest of the characters, then, you know, you'd pick, I'd pick kind of thing. That's a pretty good recipe for success. I, I remember many afternoons and even mornings where we would play at your place. And all of a sudden, like your mom would just be like, hey, do you guys want some some pop? She like bring out the Coke classic, like real Coke. And I always had diet pop at my house. So it's like, wow, this is a treat. Or you want some yeah. chocolate milk or, or a chocolate bar. And then all of a sudden, like there'd be like pizza or snacks. So we would just play from like mid morning until like dinner time. And it wouldn't, yeah. Pop. And we were left alone in the basement to to just play where you are right now. Had many battles on that fireplace in the background there, yeah. Running up and down the whole place. So, yeah, I think I definitely think like length of time, like ample play time without borders, and you know, getting the call to come home for dinner, or you better be home because the street lights are on. Having that no barrier to when the play time has to end is is certainly yeah. There was plenty of times I got interrupted for dinner as kids and we would pause the game. So everything would stay exactly where it was. And then when you'd come back more often than not, there wasn't the same energy. It just wasn't the same. So not to interrupt the, the story I think would be the most important thing. So, uh, and man, we would play for, she's longer than most movies uh, two or three hours. I remember specifically my friend Darren and I, uh, playing so intensely that I I would pop my hernia out from <laughs> pushing down, making these effects. And that's actually, I don't know how I got the hernia. I think it was from basketball. I think. I don't know. Or skateboarding. I don't know. But I've had it my whole life. It's from hand I remember hands. It, I remember it would pop out because we made, we'd be making these sound effects. It would be. I would be pushing down and you know, some of the characters like Thanos, you know, just how he would speak and you would put everything into it and you would use all your muscles and push. And I remember there'd be a lot of times when I would have to like lie down because that was the only cure to get rid of the pain was to lie down and we'd be playing and I'm like, dude, I got to stop and pause. And oftentimes that would be the end of the play session. Yeah. Uh, man i i do that's I, intense that that is passion right there that is a couple of kids that love what they do you make there. me laugh though because i had completely forgotten about the getting called for dinner and then trying to come back and, and play that whole scenario and like that was my specialty like that was my stupid human trick as a kid Do you remember how many times we'd be playing and i'd have to go home for dinner like my folks would call your place and i'd go and i'd be back like in 10 minutes I'd run home, eat, and then. Oh yeah, and what, what would I say to you? Do you remember what would I say to you? I'm like, dude, eat as quick as you can, like no joke. And you would, you would really do it. Like you would run there and shovel it down, and you would get in shit for eating too fast, and you come back, and it was just like, yeah, because because once you took the initial um, window to the sale, it, it was yeah. hard to get back unless you restarted the game again because. We would go to you know what what the GI Joes are doing, then then He Man's and stuff, and we had a certain mindset. It was like a play we were acting out. Yeah. And then when the wind got taken out of it, it was hard to recreate that moment. So yeah. Yeah, unless you like came up with like a new storyline that sort of bridged the gap, but it never lasted quite as long. You could feel the gas fading out of it. I always liked when we had a new element, whether it was a new figure that we got to play with or there was like a new vehicle or even sometimes just like i remember outside at the side of my house i'd play with my turtles just by myself but ooh, this one time my grandpa had all these bricks all these big yeah. you know there's standard side bricks but there's huge piles of them i don't know where he got them or where they even went because i don't have red bricks anywhere at that house yeah. to this day yeah but i remember i would build with them like giant like buildings and I remember creating yeah. like a pizza parlor for the Ninja Turtles and having like a whole story with all that kind of stuff. So 
the ingredient of something new is always awesome to fuel playtime. And I remember so many times you and I playing, especially in the Toy Biz Marvel era, where we would play and a story would come out and all of a sudden I'd have like a figure in my pocket or you would and be like, here's Cyclops. And I'd push his button. He'd have like the blinking eye. Yeah, I specifically remember near the end of playtime, Darren had this character. Darren, uh, my friend who lives out west, um, just an incredible imagination that that he had. He still has to this day. Just I learned a lot from him and how to create stories and and that kind of thing. He had this character named Recon. Recon was the pilot of a visionary's vehicle. It's the biggest vehicle there is. There's only three vehicles, I think, in visionaries. This was the biggest one. He was a bad guy. His name was Recon. There was nothing special about Recon other than he looked cool. But Recon took over this kind of god kind of persona, almost like a Thanos. And this is uh, subsequently when the Infinity Gauntlet was also going on at the same time. Yeah. And I remember the Marvel Toy Biz Silver Surfer. This is the Marvel Legends Silver Surfer. But when the Marvel Toy Biz Silver Surfer came out, so I had him. So we really tried to recreate Thanos versus Silver Surfer. And I remember that fight went on for like half an hour and he couldn't kill Surfer because Surfer is Surfer, right? That kind of thing. And um, that was just that was just so fun, man. Like, uh, I think that was one of the last times we played because we were into comics and we've told the story a million times and it just it started to not feel right. Yeah, we wanted to be in the world with those characters. We wanted to read about those characters. Um. We just you know, didn't really want to play with them anymore, but we still wanted the physical thing, the physical object. I always found that the visionaries reminded me a lot of the Beyonder. I always thought that almost any of those characters could yeah. have stood in for the Beyonder, except for obviously the scale was off compared to like Secret Wars, the four-inch scale. But uh, Recon, Recon was also special because even back then, visionaries were scarce, and he came with the biggest vehicle, which is... yeah. To this day, absolutely uh, priceless. It's at, le- at least probably $7,800 in the box. So trying to find Recon, he's the rarest of the visionaries. Yeah. So he was already special back then. So I think that's why Darren gravitated towards him. And he wasn't a superhero like Surfer or anything that existed. Captain America was just his own guy. And Darren kind of made up his own personality for him. It's just really cool, man. Uh, we're talking playtime and going through the recipe for success of what makes a great playtime, all the ingredients that we found over the years, what works, um, what doesn't work, what's what's integral, what's essential. I want to give a big shout out to Bill, who's joined us. Uh, Pinky Girl has chimed in as well, and so has Akira Sun. Thanks for joining us again, guys. What was it like, Jay, when you had playtime? And you started playing with other people's toys. So we shared toys a lot. Darren mixed toys a lot too. <laughs> some of our other friends. What was that like when you got to play with somebody else's toys? Was that like a weird taboo thing? Did you ever get like the side no. eye? Like you're not supposed to be playing with that person that way. Or how, how was no. that for you? I was the guy who gave the crook eye. Uh, because... <laughs> Uh, Darren was, as we like to call in our world, heavy-handed, meaning he he had a way of articulating the damage. And uh, if I just take, you know, uh, the, the 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 Marvel's the Hood, one of my favorite figures. Um, when the guy would get shot, you know, Darren would be like, and like if it was a really hard explosion, he would he would toss the toy, he would throw it. Yeah. Um, which again made for some great drama, but a lot of uh, casualties came from that, especially Joe's. A lot of broken O rings. Um, so to play with his toys, I was always very careful. I was always very careful <laughs> with yours because I like to keep my stuff, yeah, in great shape. I still played with it, but I always kept my stuff in very pristine shape. Um, so when it was his turn, I didn't care that you played with my stuff. You were good. The only thing I was ever really you know, kind of hands-offish with is if I got something brand new, it would take a few weeks for that to wear off the newness and then other people could play with it. But Darren, I was always very cautious because I remember the wave Croc Master came out from Joe's in 87 and I didn't want anyone touching him. And if Darren wanted to be him the one day, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't be Croc Master. 
Because he knew his heavy, hand, his heavy hands were going to mess with him. Yeah, and he was, <laughs> was just so cool looking. I'm like, no, man, because you're going to break him and stuff like that. So, But it's true. I mean, and, and his way of doing damage is something that you picked up, and it's something that I picked up too. It's almost like that cinematic yeah. bullet time where we would stop and just watch him do that, or we would wait for that yeah. to happen. So, like, we'd have a figure, right? And he like hit, we'd and it'd be like slow motion. You know it would what? like tear apart. And that's so weird. You have Psycho for from GoBots. I was just looking at him the other day, and I was thinking, where did mine go? Where did it go, Rob? I don't know. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, moving yeah, on. He was. Uh, <laughs> he was so. He just. He taught us a lot about playtime. And you know what? I swear, one day we're gonna get Dare on this show because. Yeah. Through action figure adventure in our podcast, uh, we've both talked about him so much he was such a big part of uh you know us growing up and, and kind of learning the art of play through him i really i really think that if you could teach kids how to play that would have been his calling is to teach kids how to play with toys because he was just so amazing at it yeah he really had a way of drawing you into the playtime but i think that's what playtime is like learning different cues from different other like other people like i remember like he was good at that minutiae stuff like the conflict you were always good at the layout of the room putting different factions in different places so that the story could like logically progress from one spot to another without it feeling so linear and i don't know i was just long well, for the yeah. ride that's what, and that's you would, what i was good at you would you would always start a game of mix up with the small guys and, and what what i mean by that i mean is like the, the the mortals, the weakest of the bunch, like humans. He would start with GI Joes, though they were always the first to go because when the cosmic beings came out, like Surfer and Galactus and all that, like the Joes don't stand a chance, right? So you want to play with the Joes first, and they have their fight, and then maybe He Man guys come and take over there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love doing the voices too. Something again, I think we yeah. learned from Darren. We kind of acted out. And I think all kids do that, but he was very theatrical about his presentation and he would hold the figure up and he would act out the actions with his body too, like an actor and hold the figure as like the prop, man. So that's yeah. something I also took, took from him as well. The figure was really just like a placeholder. We just wanted to embody it. We didn't, we ch we tried to channel through the figure to some degree, but it, it became larger than life. It's like, as soon as we grabbed that, like we were that character until we yeah. put put it down and took on a whole nother persona one thing that he did a lot to that we did was we really went outside the lines of what the character should have and use as, as far as their accessories i remember him distinctly having all these rubber bands on figures and like having weapons like tied to them so they wouldn't fall off and you wouldn't worry about putting stuff in hands and getting knocked away while you're in the middle of playtime he would just like okay let's just rubber band you know like a mace from cops you guys had his cannon tied to him amongst <laughs> other things yeah, so Mace was the bazooka soldier in, in Cops and Crooks by Hasbro. Uh, incredibly underrated line. Um, and Darren took it to the next level. So he he would elastic the bazooka to his arm. Then he would elastic, you know, uh, another bazooka to his other arm because we had two Maces. And so he was really, like, super, like, he almost looked like something from Robotech after Darren was done with him. Just guns strapped to every single part of his body. Oh, just... That's awesome, I, man. I, yeah. I feel like we did that last week and the more and more that we talk about it. And it's so cool that those sensations are instantly there. And frankly, you know, when I talk about the, the recipe for playtime success, it really doesn't change that much when you when you look through the years, how it evolved. So even when toys got put down and put away, when we got into video games, it was like we wanted the night to never end. We wanted to have the game and, and find a way to play it and enjoy it amongst each other and see where it went, especially when we got into multiplayer stuff. We'd build our own stories. We've talked about League Night a million times that so we would take on yeah. the of the characters and then put it into the game. Just an evolution, if you ask me, when it got to the, the gaming years. It really all is playing. Um, sorry, it, it really all of it is playing. It's just, um, I guess what was socially acceptable at the time. And when you're in, you know, grade eight, grade nine, high school playing with toys is not acceptable. And I get it. I mean, it felt weird, but we would do league night with WWF, no mercy and all that. And we pick our guys and we'd act out the characters. And, 
Um, I really think we both missed our calling as actors because we love to do uh, characters and voices and uh, movie quotes is almost like a second language to us. So we missed our calling. I, I don't know. I don't know if we missed our calling as uh, as actors. We have both tried to do some form of acting, and we have both acknowledged that we are not actors. I think we just love playing so much that we wish we could yeah. be professional playtimers, you know, to be honest. And I think we yeah. get pretty close to that with stuff like our live streams. I mean, this is a blast. Jane Rob Toy Show, the TV side is a blast. Action figure adventure is just a game. You know, what can you do? Where can you go with within these limits? And, you know, how far can you get your high score? It's all yeah, just playtime. It's playing in the, the next step of our life, right? Where it's, you know, collecting is now playing. Right? And acceptable because so, heaven forbid yeah. we're not accepted. Right? So Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Ma is chiming in and saying, what I remember most about playtime is that my turtles and transformers had to attend a lot of tea parties. Joy of always having a girl in the group. Laugh out loud. Well, that's okay. Oh, that's a cool. pollination. Cool, yeah. Um, Nelson is saying, oh, the rubber bands. My He-Man had like four swords on his back. That's cool. I like that idea. Uh, Akira lost five R2-D2s at the beach. Uh, Nelson also had a small creek by his house, which yielded the best He-Man adventures ever. I'm wondering, Jay, did you ever ask for a toy? And when you got it, it just wasn't quite what you hoped it would be. Like it left you wanting more. Like you'd seen it before, like in the catalog, or you'd seen it at, at the toy store. And when you finally got it and opened it as a kid, I guess I'm talking about more, and you wanted to put it in playtime, it just never delivered on what you had hoped yeah. it would do. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with my gut instinct on this. I think I've referenced this, and I use the term loosely, place it before. I don't have it anymore, but it's the uh, the Star Destroyer bridge playset from The Empire Strikes Back, which three quarters of the playset is Darth Vader's chamber where he sits, where you see his helmet come down on him uh, in Empire Strikes Back. That thing is one of the worst pieces of crap I ever remember uh, seeing. I remember, oh, wow, there's you know going to be a inside of the star destroyer it would be much like the bridge of the enterprise you know you get to play with all the imperial troops and vader and just getting this thing and it was just it was shaped weird it didn't make sense uh vader's chamber took up most of it um it was awful it was awful i don't remember thinking back to our playtime us really ever using play sets I remember the Fortress of Fangs slightly. I remember something like the Killer Whale and a lot of the smaller vehicles. But I don't really remember Castle Grayskull being much of a fixture during our playtime or the G.I. Joe Command Center. I remember us just yeah. really like using like the living room and pillows and cushions and building our own little hideaway spots. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... Uh, my my neighbors who live behind me, we would play all around half the block here when we played G.I. Joe and Mask, and we would use the Terror Drum as Cobra's base, and they had the Joe base. I never had the Joe base. We would have those set up more like um, uh, just like points, like, okay, the Joes have to get the element and bring it back to their base, kind of like a game of flags almost, right? So they they weren't really played on. They were more just like points of reference. Okay, the bad guys are here, the good guys are here kind of thing. Yeah, and the best example of that, like you said, is playing outside. When you can be like between the roots of a tree, like an old tree, and use the, the like the bark as like some cover for your guys or some rocks or a stream. And hey, Creeping Horak, of course. Yeah. That was just as cool as having some of these play sets. And I mean, so many commercials we saw with those play sets seemed to be like outside anyways. And so, like, the mission can either only so, go to the base or leave the base. So might as well, you know, yeah. go. So play, play sets for me were more of a solo playtime kind of thing. Um, when I really wanted to get into the lore of something, like I really wanted to get into He-Man, it would be Castle Grayskull. And it'd be more like the mysteries of the castle inside kind of thing. It wouldn't be like as action-centric as playtime with friends kind of thing. Sure, I can see that. I think I used play, play sets a lot more by myself as well. I distinctly remember yeah. Skull up by my fireplace because the bricks matched the color of Grayskull. The sewer play set a lot. And again, 
like my own mix-up where everybody would have their own bass going from one to another. The Batcave was a huge staple. I never had the firehouse for the Ghostbusters, but I had Ecto One, and they yeah. would bust ghosts at all the you know familiar haunts, pun intended, if you will, all the time. Um, did you have any other things you want to talk about in terms of playtime recipe before we get to our action figure spotlight this week, Jay? What are some other things that maybe ring true to you? I just, um, I think those times in particular near the end of when we were playing with toys were so important to who we are as people now. And what I, what I mean by like what, like what we collect, I'm just looking at all this stuff here. Like what we collect now is a direct representation of almost the end of our playtime, if that makes sense. Because we were into so much at the end. We were into Marvel, DC, Star Wars, He-Man, all that stuff. And I just remember that I never wanted to let any of that go. I remember, you know, seeing like Transformers the movie and always thinking, you know, that's still one of my favorite movies of all time. And, you know, being in high school and stuff and everyone laughs at you. And I would always think that's still one of my favorite movies. So I think those ending play sessions were so important to kind of build us as the people we are today. Maybe I'm getting a little too deep here, but no, I um, think there's a, a natural pull back from the nostalgic fun times where part of it might be wanting to rewrite how that ending happened so that it didn't end. And, I'll, and at the same time, capture how it was one last fleeting moment while we remember the most recent experience of that because it should be the freshest. Even though you and I could yeah. probably like, like we have tonight, listed like some very memorable singular playtime experiences that we had. It's still you're yeah. trying to get that last that last breath of fresh air again and and make it go on, which is why we do what we do. We have our own newer playtimes with the shows and stuff that we do and the way we interact and choose to interact with the community and the, the all the other stuff we create. I 100% agree. And Ham Sandwich has a really great line there if you want to highlight that at the bottom. Um, yeah, when I discovered music, uh, I was 13, when I discovered playing music and I'm, you know, primarily a drummer, that that was amazing yeah so that's a that's a different whole different play time that's uh same thing though whole. right same thing because you're with your buddies when you're jamming yes. like yeah. like we did for years right yeah. oh man uh, both you... experiences were very spiritual uh playing with toys and acting like these characters and of course playing music even to this day is very spiritual for me and uh, such a release so yeah i, I, I agree with you yeah I, awesome. I tell you right now, if I had to choose one playtime to go back to, whether it was playing with toys as our youth or in, in my high school or college years, jamming every single weekend for like eight hours on end, I would yeah. do, do the jamming stuff 100% in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I just found the camaraderie, the variance, the way we would jam, the way we'd rotate instruments, the way we'd rotate songs. Yeah, there's there's it's, nothing like jam time, and you know I got a couple of really close buddies now, and we're a tight knit group, and we still play once a week, and for no other reason than to just play. And uh, you know, of course, I've been influenced quite heavily by Lisa, and uh, just you know, lighting my soul on fire with playing guitar. I mean, that's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. So I'm just I fell in love with playing the guitar in, in August, and I haven't looked back. So we get to play that way, yeah. And um, yeah, so one of these days when things go back to normal, hopefully, yeah, bring your uh, Paul Stanley axe over and we'll uh, shred. Well, we could always do a little uh, DI into these live streams and record separately as well, a little virtual jam yeah. session. That's pretty easy to do as well. Let's, uh, let's get to the action figure spotlight of the week, Jay, of course, brought to you by our lovely Patreon backers, which, like our sponsors, keep this all free. So this is cool. It really makes it a good kick in the butt for us to do this stuff. Jay, do you have a couple figures that you want to talk about this week or like a choice or am I only, I'm only only getting one? Whatever you serve up, what's it going to be? Well, I'm showcasing, I, sh I showcase something on this table here. I'm showcasing the, or not the original, second version of silver surfer from the marvel legends i think this is the 2017 walgreens exclusive so that was 
going to be the spotlight, but we we didn't talk about the bet. We'll okay. Talk about the bet we have where uh, through the the entire viewing of the second season of the Jan Rob Toy Show on Jinx, you and I would refrain from buying anything. Uh, and I have failed. I have lost the bet. What? You have lost. You're out? Yes. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out of the contest. <laughs> Did you see yep. like Mayfeld? Did you see Sandman? What was it? Uh, it was something I couldn't say no to. Uh, I saw it at my local comic shop. And uh, let me ask mine. you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you saw it yeah. and you knew yeah. that you needed to have it, how quickly did the bet enter your mind? Oh, I, I said, oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge <laughs> because this is a Walmart exclusive that was brought in. <laughs> And I couldn't say no to it. I knew I'd lose the bet. But like I said, things are changing. Things have changed drastically this past two weeks for me in my life. And I needed a bit of retail therapy. So my action figure spotlight is from the Bad Batch. And this is, of course, the legendary uh, Captain Rex. Um, I think this is easily one of the top 10 figures of the year. Uh, this thing is gorgeous. Uh, he hasn't been taken out of the package just yet. That's going to be for my YouTube channel, but that's a real cloth cloak. The helmet is removable. Uh, Rex is a legendary character in Star Wars. And, of course, he appears in the Bad Batch because he belongs to Dave Filoni. So there he is. There is the back of the box. You know how I can't stand the Black Series box. I think they're ugly. The art's nice. Um, he was expensive because he is a Walmart exclusive, but I saw it, and I there wasn't even like a whimper of doubt in my mind so captain rex thank you very much i lost the bet thank god there was no stakes otherwise no, there was trouble. stakes there was stakes you have to make a separate post on facebook admitting your shame that you couldn't hold off buying toys oh, sure. and that you were weak and gave in to the to the disease that you have as a collector Dude, I do that almost monthly anyway. So we do we do it every episode with action figures. Pretty much. So I'll do, I'll do that for you tomorrow but, there. But you, gotta do, you know what? Maybe you should put it on your YouTube channel just so everybody else sees you really gets the eyeballs on it. Um I'm yeah. surprised you got that figure because I know you're not a huge fan of the Bad Batch show. I don't I don't like the Bad Batch show. That is correct. I do not like it. But I love Captain Rex, and there's something I'm a sucker for clone trooper armor when they put the robes on. Yeah. Uh, even if they made Ultra Magnus from uh, War for Cybertron with, with the cloak, I would yeah. lose my mind. There's something, uh, you know, it's it like the Wanderer to, Vagabond. It all comes back to Jedi Luke for me, and that's where that yeah. look comes from. So you put a cloak on anything, and I'll buy it. There you go. <laughs> Let's see. Wherever I may roam. I got, uh, <laughs> I, I got two figures for you to pick from. Um, yeah. So number one or number two, I suppose. Uh, odd numbers always. Number one. Okay. This is, let me make my screen big. This is a Hellfire Goblin from Mythic Legions. Oh, that's so uh, sick. I got this not that long ago. I'm going to see if I can open this because one of the coolest things about the Legions packaging is you can always put it in there. But as was one of my New Year's resolutions last year, we got to take these guys out as much as we can. And even if it's just for the sake can't probably do this expediently enough but you guys will be able to see this a little bit more clear now oh, so he's awesome i just love the goblins from the mythic legions line <clears throat> and this one in particular just looks so nasty and vile that i just you know i love the idea of these guys just mingling with my master's lines and i can see this guy as a total disciple of skeletor totally worth army building these guys as well but look at the detail and I can see these things, you know, alongside some of my Jareth figures as well from Labyrinth. So some sort of higher fantasy kind of stakes game there as well. Yeah. Just yeah. the detail is just like, oh my God, like all underneath the armor, it's all comes off. So if you don't want it like that, you can have it differently. Tons and tons of like armor and accessories and bows and like pieces that just add on clearly a lot as they're falling out right now. But just a wild, wild character. And he was he was you know damned to be open and now he's out here and he'll be soon on the on the shelf for a proper shelfie so 
That's uh, that's cool. It's uh, a line I've still yet to tap into, but I, I've got my hands on quite a few uh, last couple of years through Action Figure Adventure and what we've done, and I've seen plenty, and they're just fantastic. They just do incredible work. I'm very pick and choosy with the lines because I don't know the story, so inside or out. So it's got to be a figure that just on its own appeals to me. But like, look at the weapon, like the weaponry alone, man. Like, look how awesome something like that is. Yeah. And how cool would that be during like playtime? And yes, I would just totally an play old, in battle. dirty blade. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. Like special about it. It's just an old weapon taped together. And look at the paint you know, on like the leather the handle. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the leather. It's all aged well. It's just. Super cool figure, and I think it's only like thirty bucks for a six-inch scale figure. So that's that's pretty pretty rad. Uh, but that'll do it for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Jay, any last parting thoughts before we wind this up? You loser, I, I, I boy, see- bet loser guy. I can't believe. I really can't yeah. believe you lost the bet. I know. I'm I'm forever known as J Rex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So consequently, after I uh, I bought Captain Rex, the same what comic book store. Wow, that Silver Surfer! You, you thought I opened my sealed Silver Surfer? You I don't crazy? know. Of course, of course, I got a second one. <laughs> so wow! Once once the door is open. <laughs> well, I'm like I lose. I, you know, I jumped to the deep end. I might as well not come up for air until I absolutely have to. So I bought a second Marvel Legends Silver Surfer so I could have one because I just. I love this figure and character. So there he is. I want to say thank you to everyone in chat who continuously shows up week after week. Um, it's really humbling, guys. Listen to us old dudes talk about toys, and I love the interaction with you guys. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. It's uh, really cool. It's, I really love doing this show live. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a blast. And it's cool that we're getting uh, a continual uh, common group of people coming back to keep it going week after week like we had last season. And even though episode six played on Jinx, this week and this of course is the sixth episode of our live stream we're going to try to keep the live stream going as long as possible as well so when the jinx side ends at episode 10 hopefully we will keep going as often as we possibly can i don't yeah. see any foreseeable issues uh right now unless we get you know some well, great like, production I mean, like, news you never know never know like last time we we do have to take breaks you can't do it every week forever i mean unless you're joe rogan you can do it every day but of course he gets the money right <laughs> so that's true that's true yeah. that's true uh ryan wants to know uh am i going to keep going with the bet or start buying again okay this is what i think this is what i think i think okay. we should up the stakes so i lost okay i'm gonna post uh you know on social media say i'm, I'm a big loser and all that stuff i think we should actually bet for something I think there should be some stakes where it's going to cost us not cash because that's crude, but like, uh, you know, a figure under $20 or something like that. Or like I'll, I'll say like a, a typical Hasbro, a $30 figure. I well, think we should we'll, figure or are you just like taking the loss when it doesn't really count? No, no. I think it should be, going we forward. should come, we should come up with a bet for next show. We'll tell everyone what the new bet is, and they'll just say it's like if you lose, you have to buy me a Hasbro figure. It's thirty dollars or under, kind of thing. Well, but, we should just say thirty dollars yeah. towards a figure. Yeah, but I don't want to give money. Like we're not giving. No, money but to like if I want, like, if I want an Origins figure, it's not thirty dollars, but that's what I want. Give me yeah, an Origins but, figure. Think about yeah, but think about this. What okay? So without getting too obscure or crazy, it'd be like okay, well, uh, you got to buy me. Uh, let's just say origins beast man you got to find me origins beast man like something that's you know a very specific one that seems like a lot of work i'm not going to lose that bet so that just seems like a lot of work to find something that you don't have in your collection or access to no 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 just say like specifically okay i want the uh you know what if captain carter figure so if, if i win the bet you have to buy me the Captain Carter figure. Now, if you have to do that on eBay or if you, you have to go out and find oh, it, I don't like that's this. your your thing. But I mean, I, you don't, I don't that like bet. this because you've already been buying figures, and in order for this to go forward, I still can't buy figures. No, you can because we're gonna have a week until next show, and within that week, go crazy. You do what you want, but we'll start the bet next Wednesday. We'll come up with the rules and terms. So you have okay, a full well, week to I, go crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% sold on this. If you've got an idea and you're listening or you're catching this on the audio side, message us. I want to hear what you think the stakes should be and the terms of the bet. 
We're going to sort it out so that by next week, which would be kind of like our Christmas episode, the 22nd, I guess, we'll try to hammer it out. Make it official. Toy Bet version 2.0. Uh, I like this as a little pointer. Yeah, getcha, getcha. Um, <laughs> ah! Okay, <laughs> we're playing already. So that'll do it for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Jay, where can people catch you? YouTube. My name is Jay Bartlett. Search for that. That is all. You can catch me obviously here on YouTube on, on the Face Friend book page with the tweets on the Instagrams. I'm around, you know, where I hit that like button, subscribe to this, please. I'm actually really close to a thousand. Help me out, people. If not, I'll see you next week anyways. Cheers. Cheers.